0: Hello and welcome to the Sherlock's Highlights podcast with me, Georgie Corridge-Cole. This week I'm joined by Laura Black, Georgina Blasky, and author, journalist and key to today's podcast (laughs) mother, Helen Whitaker. Welcome, Helen. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. <laughs> so, for people listening, Helen writes our parenting column, which she had been writing for God been in, since the beginning of this year. Yeah, I anyway, know it's great. It's very entertaining. <laughs> it's very informative. It always makes me feel human. And we thought that as. But about half of our readers are mothers. It would be a good excuse, as you were coming in to talk, to have a slightly parenting-related podcast today. Yeah, fun. And we always try not to sort of bang on about parenting too much. So we realise that not everyone's there yet. Some people are past <laughs> it. And some people just don't want to talk about it. But anyway, we thought today we'd embrace it as you're here. No. Okay. But we will start with a bit of TV. Yes. So tell us what you're watching. So I've literally made
1: notes on my phone because I was. You know, it's that question that someone asks you, and then you're just thinking.
2: What's Teddy. your favourite movie? You what, can't yeah, you're just thinking, I
1: can't even
0: think of any film. Never mind
2: a good Well, book. not La La Land. Before we started
0: recording, we were talking about <laughs> films and Rich has just burst my bubble by telling me that La La Land's a terrible Fun. Um, i quite it. enjoyed it i quite enjoyed it but uh, <laughs> currently the things i'm watching
1: are i've been watching his
3: dark materials on bbc i don't know if anyone else has been watching that Ooh, The Philip Pullman. Yes. it's brilliant well i've watched episode one but yes. i'm it's too late on a sunday to watch it so i'm watching it with my son so we oh, yes. catch up wednesday night is our allotted oh, day i love it i mean i love the philip pullman books that it's based on and i think they've
1: done a really good job so far yeah it looks can great. i
0: ask is that the ad that was on before the strict results last night that looks quite scary it's art materials.
1: Yes, that's it. Yeah.
0: Bit spooky. It is. It's sort of slightly
1: supernatural yes. magic realism set yes. in Oxford, but also sort of present day. It's based on some books. It's got a very good young actress in it who plays the character of Lyra, who is very inspirational sort okay. of girl actress. I think there was a spike in people calling their children Lyra after these books came out, and there probably oh. will be another spike after the TV Lyra. show. Lyra. L-Y-R-A. L-Y-R-A? Okay. Pretty. Um, and yes, it's just a really good family Watch, I think. And there are how many in the series? I think there's eight, and there's been two on so far, so you can definitely catch up on it. Out of ten, what would you give it? So far, I'd say it's it's about an eight for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've read the books and loved them, but I think they've done a really good job. It's getting very good reviews from people who are very purist about the books and the adaptation.
3: Georgina, what are you watching? (laughs) So, as well as his dark materials, this weekend I watched a film called What We Did On Our Holiday, So it's a BBC film. I mean, it feels like a made-for-TV film. This is not some glitzy, high-budget production, but it's Billy Connolly, who is playing the grandfather, and David Tennant, who is married to Rosamund Pike. And then there's Ben Miller, who's his brother. And they're all going up for a big family gathering up at Billy Connolly's big Scottish house house in the most beautiful scenery up in the Highlands. And it's a kind of family drama, a comedy, and then there are three children who are very similar to the sort of outnumbered feeling and that you get the idea there's been lots of improvisation in the scenes. It is incredibly funny what the children say. And it's really just about the the way that adults, especially that middle generation, I suppose, are so... Uptight, they're kind of telling white lies constantly. All very stressed, trying to cover things up. And then you've got these kids who are so honest who just say it as they see it. And the grandfather who's kind of aligned with the children in that. I think he's nearing the end of his life. And fuck it, I'm just going to say exactly what I think. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. and (laughs) it's it's middle generation, though, isn't it? Yeah, and it's kind of as a parent in that middle generation, I sort of watched it with my kids, thinking. My God, I want to be more like one of the generations either side, because actually this generation in the middle isn't the most fun place to be right now. <laughs> it was eye-opening and it felt quite pure and simple actually. It was really good and my kids thought it was hilarious. Oh really? Aww. There was so one but there is one. Bit that's holidays. Set, but it's good. Because they start off there's various that's events really cool. that happen. Yeah, and then this boy says at the end, When I get back to school, I'm gonna have so much to write about what I did in the holidays because a whole load of events unfold. So that's the kind of premise of the oh. film. So it's very sweet. What about reading? What are you reading? Oh God,
1: I read all the time on the tube. That's like my favourite time. And I'm a bit of a book pusher onto other people as well. So I... Push away. I love recommendations. recommendation. So the things I've read recently, I also get sent quite a lot of advanced copies. So I'm trying to remember things that are actually out now, which is annoying, obviously, when you're like, oh, it's not out until June 2020. Mm -hmm. I just read... The new David Nichols book, Sweet Sorrow, which is wonderful. If is you... it? I've yes. heard mixed reviews about it. I think it's set in the 90s and it's very nostalgic and it's set over a summer and it's teenagers sort of doing a Amdram performance of a Shakespeare yes. play. Yes. I think if you like all those elements, you'll love it. Right. If you don't, you might find it really whimsical and annoying, but okay. I didn't. I found, so, i really So sure I'm fairly niche, but,
0: you know, <laughs> <laughs> then
1: yeah. And yeah, I thought that was a really, really good oh. read. I mean, I love David Nichols anyway, so that was a great one. I've just read She Said. I don't know if any of you guys have read that, which is by the two journalists who work for the New York Times who broke the Harvey Weinstein yes. story. Ooh. It's amazing i knew i
0: knew i knew that was in my head somewhere. yes it's
1: really good i mean sometimes i feel like you read a non-fiction book that's based on something that happened and you read about in the papers and you're like this is kind of a long read that someone's extended for far too many pages and actually we all got the gist before." Yes. whereas with this one it's brilliant it's like a forensic breakdown of how an investigation works when you work for a newspaper so if you're into that sort of thing anyway we were talking about spotlight earlier on that kind of thing how it works where you get the leads how you put the story together so there's that side of it but there's also just the story itself which is all the stuff that didn't make it into the article all the stuff that since the articles happened there's obviously more come out and more people come forward and there's more elements to the story and even the stories of the sources that they used at the time that you couldn't put all that into a factual new york times piece but Mm. you can talk about it in the book and Mm. the women and where they came from and their backgrounds and you know, the bravery of them. And then there's also a lot of Gwyneth Paltrow intel because she turns out to be quite a key player in getting them access to loads of other Hollywood stars. Is that right? Yeah, so if you love a bit of, you know hollywood yes. celebrity stuff there's also a lot of stuff about gwyneth in there and who it she up, nice. Three, yeah, yeah, it's up my street it's it's yeah. really
0: good i mean it's i'd forgotten uh, about that i read about it and was like "Must." yes reminded me so it's, thank you, it's kind of
1: a pacey thriller but obviously based on that but I mean, factual yes I mean, that's, I mean it's the dream mm. combination um, and obviously the result is that they did break this story so there's i'm kind normal. of not into nonfiction at the minute where it's really miserable and down because i think there's enough going on in the world that is miserable and down whereas this you're like The good people triumphed in the end. (laughs) So at least there's that. And I mean, we'll see how the whole trial pans out. I know, it sounds awful to say,
0: oh, I want to read that. It's so juicy. But yes, I know. I think because the conclusion. now started a whole movement for the better.
1: So I think it's just great. And I mean, the two journalists, Jodie Cantor and Megan Toohey. I I mean, they are amazing. They're, They're just so brilliant
0: cool good one (laughs) so two any others give us a final uh, final one
1: i read akin by emma donoghue who's the woman who wrote room Mm -hmm. and obviously got turned into a film and um so her most recent one i think it came out in october it's called akin and it's set in the south of france and it's completely different change of pace to room which obviously was set in a very small tiny environment this follows a I think he's in his 80s, he's definitely very old. New Yorker who, out of the blue, is given custody of his great-nephew... For varying circumstances, people in his family can't look after the child. Mother's in prison, and he, in the midst of this, is trying to research his own history, which takes him back to the south of France during sort of the wartime years. And it's sort of marrying up his past with his present and his great nephew, who's got lots of problems and. Because he's, he's very of different issues. from room. It is. It's. I mean. She's just such a great writer that I mean, it's so different but yeah. still so readable, and
0: yeah, mm. I highly recommend it. Good tips, thanks. <laughs> must, must, must. She said it's called cool Yes,
2: yeah.
0: brilliant. That is back on my list when I get through my
2: strapping at the moment. One page. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> how, how you saying? do it. I can't even do one page. I'm, I, one I, I'm, page re, I'm rereading the same page. I'm in that.
0: I've got to just do that thing when we did our 28 day. Fitness challenge where I Maybe in the yourself. evenings go and read my book, not in bed. Do you do that? You do, you do it on the tube. I read on the tube, so Yeah, that you see, I don't have that commute, which obviously I'm very lucky, <laughs> but I do
3: wish I had a sort of allocated time of the day which wasn't just passing at night on an apty knackered Georgina. Well, I'm in the same camp as you. I mean, I just read sort of a few pages and then I've been reading The Confession by Jessie Burton for like three weeks and I'm still going not because it's not a good read just because I'm I don't know tired tired time of year you just want to hunker down and go to sleep and it gets dark doesn't it and you just want to yeah, yeah. Exactly well you so. is in your blood you can't read more than a sentence I that, can't yeah. it, honestly
2: I can't it's, it's not, it totally is in my blood yeah I try I really that's why I enjoyed Adam Kay's book because it was like little short you know snippets I was like oh yeah and I actually got through it really quickly Anyway, he's got a new one out which I'm going to try and oh, read. Okay. No, it's quite, it's quite yeah. a
3: slim book as well. So it's all right At my book club, whenever we discuss what book we're going to read next, the first thing everyone says is, How long is it? How much percent is that? Or Almost. time on the book? So Kindle. I've got <laughs> a question
0: for you. I was at a 40th at the weekend and someone was telling a very funny story about someone at a book club who apparently got really cross when she turned up at book club. And some mother said, Oh, she'd read. So many books, and she's like, How are you reading so many books? How are you getting through it so quickly? And it emerged that her fellow book E was listening to them on Audible and she was like that's not reading was completely outraged <laughs> that she know? was coming to book club having you know announcing that she'd read all these books but she'd actually listened to all these books well, I think
2: that's I think that's still yeah. still I do are yeah. still learning it and yeah. you know, you're absorbing the information
1: absorbing yeah. Yeah. For. and also I think I know people who listen to audiobooks in the car because that's yeah. how they yeah. commute to work and especially when it's I know if you've read like Louis Theroux's autobiography they read it themselves yeah. you actually oh, get yeah. a
0: double layer of yeah. From it cause or it's... you get Kate Winslet reading Matilda I mean exactly. lovely <laughs> yeah. I think perfect. you can still say you read it if you listen yeah. to it I think
1: that's yeah mm. I
0: don't think you can say you read it I think you can say I listened to it I think, I think all... reading is a verb to read yeah, yeah. I consumed it I consumed <laughs> it yeah. Yeah. perfect done there we go <laughs> I've done that one <laughs> yeah. yes done that one I like it okay let's talk about your book okay. let's talk about The School Run uh, yes that was a great book congratulations <laughs> when did that come out August Is this your first book? Yes. Well, it's my first book that I've had published.
1: Different thing. (laughs) How did you get published? So I wrote a book a while ago, two or three years ago, that I managed to get an agent through that. I sent it out to some agents and got my lovely agent, Sarah. And we sent that out to publishers and no one wanted to publish it. So that was a blow. But one of the publishers that we sent it to, they said, if you can't find a publisher for this book, we don't want this fiction about what it's about, but we like the way she writes. So if you don't find another home for it, come back to us and we'll talk about some other ideas. Mm. And that's what ended up happening in the end. So I went in to see Sam at Trapeze and we talked about some other book ideas and threw some ideas around and then she basically said she was interested in another one of my ideas and that's kind of how I got published. And that's where the
0: school run came from. Yes. So people listening, can you tell us what it's about? A novel, a comedy, I hope. Yes, um, it is. (laughs) About the lengths that parents,
1: particularly mums in this suburb of London in Walthamstow, the lengths they'll go to, to get a school place for their child at the local primary school and it's a uh, religious school, so there's a lot of trying to get one over on each other, trying to suck up to the vicar who just so happens to be very sexy as well. So that's not too much of a chore. And trying to move house or trying to pretend they've moved house or basically just trying to get in with the headmaster and all the things that people try and do when they're trying to get their child into a school that is totally oversubscribed.
0: No morals, basically. (laughs) No morals. It's all out the
1: window. No, which it's one of those things as well, though, that I think everyone is slightly appalled about it. But also the statistics show that so many people are doing it that It's quite rife. And when you say people are doing
0: it, you're talking about trying to get their children into religious schools? Well, trying to get them into any schools and...
1: uh, Or
3: trying to cheat the system
0: Trying to cheat the system in various ways. Not trying to get to the local church school because those are also very, especially (laughs) highly sought-after places. There are some atheists running very, very (laughs) popular neighborhoods in
1: churches. (laughs) But yeah, you know, renting a house in the catchment area when you actually live quite far away or even you know taking your entire family to a two-bedroom flat when there's actually five of you for six months whilst you get into the school things like that they're all going on it's a very Mm. middle-class fraud basically and who came up with the concepts was it the publisher was it you it was sort of between us really they were interested in doing a book about parenting and about this very specific competition Mm. and then I kind of went away and thought about it and yeah came up with these characters and this whole idea of them fighting over these Mm. places and You know, the countdown with people trying to work out how many places there are and who their competition is and and what's going to happen. And then I wanted it to be about that, which obviously has a lot of scope for comedy in that situation of what people will do and slightly slapstick things you'll try and say in front of the head teacher. But also I wanted to make it a bit richer in terms of the personalities and lifestyles of the two main characters as well. That this isn't the only thing they're trying to cope with, because I think just a straight fight between women over a school place is... A little bit small in scope whereas if you then add in all the stuff that all parents and mums deal with mothering guilt or do you go back to work do you not go back to work can you afford not to go back to work if you can afford to go back to work how do you deal with childcare? how do you deal with your relationship can and, you afford to go back to work exactly you know and is everyone pulling their weight if you're in a sort of heterosexual relationship is your husband? Opting out of the childcare because they can oh just oh my God, I mean, to work. so many topics yeah, exactly. here exactly so it's like you know mental load and then how your friendships change yeah. how you feel like you're being judged all the time maybe you're judging yourself all of those things so I just kind of wanted a big story about with a good, good, good helping of humour. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. There's a lot of comedy
0: in it. And have you had a
1: good response to it? Yes, I've had some really nice reviews. I got some in a lot of nice magazines with it. And I only know my Amazon ratings because my dad keeps a very close eye on it. Too close. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's what <Dad> was for. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I don't want to know if someone said something horrible about me. <laughs> and- anyway, he's
0: screening them and so far it's all just yes. a big thumbs up. <laughs> yes, And you are a mother of... I've got a almost four year old son. Okay. And so this wasn't a situation you were in yet. No, but I am now. But you are now. Yes, and I'm... And how do you feel about it now? Because you were writing a book about something you hadn't experienced yourself. Yes. Is it just uncanny how it's now playing out? Are you that person considering putting on a playgroup in your life (laughs) Luckily, where I live, which is in Walthamstow,
1: there are quite a few decent primary schools. So I am hoping that I don't end up in a situation where it's a fight to the death to get into one particular school. But the irony is not lost on me that I am now touring schools Mm -hmm. and having that slight palpitation of like, but this would be a nice one for him to go to. But what if we don't get into this one? What if there's no other good schools? What if this is his entire future ruined because he doesn't get into the reception class that we want? But yes, luckily, I think it'll be okay. But I mean, hopefully I've not jinxed myself by writing a book about,
0: <laughs> about you, the they didn't recognise you. Is there a picture of you Yeah, the there
1: is a bit of me thinking, <laughs> the woman who's using all of our experiences in her novel. <laughs> when do
2: you find out in January, don't you? Yes. Yeah, I remember pressing refresh, 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 finding I know. out what school is. It's, it's terrifying. It's I like know. getting exam results. We're kind of doing the tours at the minute.
1: And it's that thing where you, you go into one and you're like, okay. This seems good. There's teachers, there's walls, there's, you know, everything's going on. And then you're kind of, but then you go and see the next one. You're like, okay, this one's quite good. (laughs) But which one do we put first? And how, if we don't put this one first, do we never get into this one? It's, yeah, tricky.
0: And have you had advice from people? What research do you do? I had a lot of stories when I was writing the book
1: about, you know, trying to get into schools or people who were trying to game the system. It was always a friend of theirs in inverted commas. It was never them, particularly from people whose children go to religious schools. They had a lot of advice about, you know, as I mentioned before, the register being taken in church and to make sure you're very front and present so the (laughs) priest can see you or the wicked can see you. In terms of actually applying for schools, most of it is just don't try and game the system.
0: Just pick the ones you want. Okay. And put it at the top. Well, let's talk about judgment. You touched on judgment. Mm-hmm. Helen, is one of the themes in the book. Yes. How do you feel as a mother in regards to other mothers and being judged? Do you care? I mean, you seem quite confident in yourself. Um, do you, is it something that... I think the thing is when you have a
1: baby, you might feel like a relatively confident person. And usually, you know, you've, chosen a career you've chosen where to live you've got your friends you've got all this stuff set up and then all of a sudden you go home with the baby from the hospital which i don't know about you but i had that moment where i was like is that just gonna let me leave no one's (laughs) even gonna ask me a question i mean we adopted a cat from a charity and they came around to see our house to make sure we were decent people (laughs) i was like that was for the cat you're just gonna let me walk out of here with this baby carrier and like no knowledge of how to do anything but all of that goes out the window because you just have you know it's a human so you can't fix them to do exactly what you want when you want. So you have all those moments where you are really unsure of yourself and you're thinking, Okay, is this we're meant to try and put them down for a nap now? Okay, that's not working. Okay. Uh what now? We'll walk around for a bit? That's not working. And you're kind of it's
0: constant. And had you thought you were gonna parent a certain way and then you parented a completely different way or did you stick to your guns? (laughs) Well, I mean, the first bit is a blur but
1: I think I stuck to my guns in the sense that I thought just do whatever it takes and that's kind of been my parenting style ever since. Let's just try and make sure everyone is happy most of the time. That's kind of... good. I like (laughs) it.
0: (laughs) And Georgina, do you feel the same? Talk to us about judgment and... because it's a big topic around mothers, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's in our human nature to judge and know that we are being judged.
3: How do you feel about it? Well, I feel that, I think, I slightly feel now, my children are a bit older. They're 10 and nearly 11 and 13. And I feel as time goes on, I am becoming less judgmental of other people and trying to encourage them to be less judgmental. So I think you have sort of modelling that behaviour. But I certainly remember those early days. I remember wheeling my pram around Clapham Common with a baby screaming in it, with tears pouring down my face, thinking anyone who sees me is going to think I'm the worst mother in the world. And But I almost feel it's that inner voice that you most harshly judge yourself. Definitely. I feel like I definitely did more mm. than probably anyone else judged me. So... I am quite guilty occasionally of judging other people because I do have sort of the occasional fix thing like if we're away on holiday, I'll let them have, you know, whatever they want on the plane. I, I don't really care too much about that. But once we get to a hotel, if we're going out for dinner or something really special, then I won't let them have any iPads or phones at the table ever. And we never have. And I'm really quite strict on it. I don't know why, it's just my mindset now and I'm completely set on it. So if I see, you know, in the restaurant there's all these kind of little faces with the headphones illuminated watching a movie and the parents are there next to them, I'm like, oh. But then I also have to have with myself like, You don't know the backstory. Maybe their children hate babysitters. Maybe, you know, everyone's different. You know, maybe they fed the kids at five and now it's seven. So I've become less judgmental. So I don't think I judge people on really big things. Yeah, It tends to be on more things. I would say the
0: iPad thing, when you you wrote the iPad story, and I remember going to one of my favorite restaurants when I think I was pregnant with one of the children. And there was this family, this really sort of glamorous family sitting there, and they're having a really nice meal and they had two children with them, probably quite young, sitting there with iPads. And I'm just absolutely horrified. I, like, oh, I can't believe they're sitting in a restaurant they've got their children sitting with iPads. And anyway, fast forward, you know, and I've now got an eight, seven and two year old and a child with difficulties who physically cannot sit still that long and actually if we're going to have supper with them on holiday we do after they've eaten we do actually now give them an iPad so I, I yeah, sort of but that's after, jobs,
3: and now I'm so you know we're but out. after they've eaten so you sit down initially and you're like having a nice chat I'm like stretching out a game time. of it, you know for as long as yeah. I can we usually totally
1: just done. have to order something as quickly as possible for oh, the oh, son like, you literally walk in the door you're like anything child friendly bring it whenever it's ready yes. whenever it's ready and then we will order once we sit down and, and two wines you, thank you, you <laughs> you say that. I
0: used to, I don't do it now because he's a bit better now but my son really struggles to sit still especially when he's hungry yeah. and so I used to ring our local Pizza Express we were going there, I'd ring them on my way and I'd be like Hi, we're on our way. Can I order two picolet menus, please? Doables and two margaritas. And I, I that literally is very good. So that the doables were on the because otherwise my sams. Like, yeah. Where are my tables? When are my tables gonna be ready? Yeah, are my tables ready? I'm I, do- am I-, am I in the kitchen. I'm not in the kitchen. If you want to go and ask them, feel free. But how do I know? Do you think i know? Yeah. And this, this the second the waitress walks away, and they're like, "Where's
2: my food?" And you're like, "Where's my food, mommy? Is it really? Is it coming in a minute? I don't know. I'm not in the kitchen. What's going on?" But well, I'm the same one step in the door, I haven't sat down. I have yeah, yeah. 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 Colours. Well, exactly. You know. And tables, ASAP. <laughs> now. Anyway, <laughs> back to judgment. Laura, what about you judging? When I had my first child, she was quite straightforward. I was always quite strict with her. I did a routine. She kind of did everything quite by the book. And I probably did judge. And then I have my second child who is just a whole other ball game, and is very vocal and screams at literally everything. So then I started to be a bit less judgmental because I kind of felt that anybody else that was in a similar situation, particularly on like a train or a bus or something where they just don't stop screaming. I always so feel for them because I've been there a million times i have my third child very close to my second and i just basically had three babies all screaming all the time and now you got no time now, to judge anyone I, yeah else. i just can't and like with
0: one, right? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs>
2: i just can't i can't judge anymore because i'm just always winging it and mine are always chaotic so i'm just yeah well now i'll mine try are not too. to you're not on your own no. but don't they say it's the hardest thing to do and the easiest thing to judge parenting
0: yeah. and
2: i think that is so yeah, true. It yeah. is true
0: I always talk about the time where a friend of mine who I've always really admired her parenting skills talked to me about public parenting. And she was like, sometimes you've just got to think, fuck everyone around me. This is not okay, And I'm going to give my child a complete... I'm turning off now oh yeah I'm you've got to it. follow through but it's so funny because you see people not disciplining their children mm-hmm. and you judge them because they're not disciplining their children and then you think god the flip side of that is to discipline them and, and have everyone watching you and it's kind of like oh, what's the right thing to do i did. Yeah. not i remember my son having a haircut and he literally skits things so i wouldn't give him my phone because he not behaved and he wanted my phone to sit still and have his haircut and he hates his haircut <laughs> And I said no, I'm not giving it to you because that behavior is not okay. And I was like, you've got to follow through. Hello. And I just knew it was only <laughs> It's out. the worst when you have to. Follow- and I was like, can't that. I it. can't <laughs> go back. And there was someone I knew in the hairdressers, which was even worse because I was like, if I don't follow through now, she's going to think I'm a bad mother. So I followed through it and what played out was the most vile, oh vile behaviour from my child, who I love to death. But <laughs> in a public place, I nothing better. I picked him that. up, literally in my arms, mm-hmm. mid haircut, march him, screaming speech, through him in the car. I said, like, I'm so angry with you. I can't even speak. Slammed the car door, went back to her and she said, I'm really sorry. I'll finish the cut at home. <laughs> Did you? Paid, yeah. I would. I have not finished this haircut myself. <laughs> <laughs> and so I saw, I kept to my brand, and I was like, I'm so mortified about what happened. I was like, but I just had to follow through. Yeah. And she was like, we've all been there and told me some sweet story about it having happened to her. But I'm sure she judged me. I hope she judged me less. having. Followed no, through I think and... if you follow through, then at least you're trying to regulate the Mm,
1: behaviour it's just not
2: always easy though it's just terrible because the punishments generally
1: are worse for you than they are for them because when you're threatening to take them home if they don't start behaving, then all you're thinking is oh god now we've
0: got to go home and everyone will be in a terrible mood and I quite wanted to come here today Yeah, I (laughs) know I know know. (laughs) also I think you have to remember that there are not many people that don't go through that at some point some might go through it more some might go through it less but actually it's normal (laughs) I know someone who's really preachy about their child not watching television I didn't know her very well, but I always thought, God, she looks like this perfect mother who never does anything wrong. And, you know, I don't really you know my children. And then I got chatting to literally one of her best friends. She's like, Oh my God, her children watch TV all the time. I was like, oh, No. Wait, this is absolute horseshit and this, this women. woman. <laughs> preaching on about and no, I think it was that they didn't watch children in the week but literally at the weekends they don't have away from the TV so
2: nothing is what it's yeah learned, so. I had one of those as well coming around for tea they don't eat sugar they don't eat sugar uh, so I like and BS. it was a birthday yeah. tea party so I'd gone really out of my way I, I'm really stressed about the cake had to look homemade with nothing too bad on it but then I did put like a bowl full of party rings, something on the table because it's a birthday party I mean this child literally walked into my house and dived into this bowl of party rings because they just never had it
0: what's your <laughs> approach
1: to food and your children oh well my child is a bottomless pit of hunger our thing when we go to birthday parties is he will walk into the house and ignore you know the celebration the party games and he will sit himself down at the table and be like right i'm ready for my lunch now <laughs> <laughs> it's 11 exactly <laughs> the people running the party will be obviously thinking No, we were going to do some games and then we're going to do Then we're going to have lunch. I'm like, I have brought snacks to (laughs) to keep him away from this table. Yeah, I mean, he never stops moving, though. So I'm a bit like he can eat whatever he likes. You know, I'm somewhere in the middle. I mean, I'm not going to say no to any sugar because I like chocolate bars. So I can't. (laughs) Sometimes you're just like, but I want a chocolate bar. So we could both have a chocolate bar. I'm like, yeah, it's that (laughs) time, it's that time. (laughs) So I think unless you are one of those people who you don't eat sugar yourself or, you know, you're very disciplined like that, then... I just think it's mean if I'm going to sit and have a fun-sized Mars bar out of the Halloween chocolate. I can't be like, not not
3: non-food. But we try and get a balanced diet in. But I mean, everything in moderation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Do you agree, Georgina? Yeah, I think everything in moderation, and I also think it's just funny what you're saying about the food (laughs) and what you were just saying, Georgie, about the TV. So the mum is like, oh yes, it's only home cooked. Mush or whatever they're eating at certain stages, and then I saw her with an Ella's Kitchen Ooh. pouch as I walked past a cafe one day. I was like, oh, that is not home cooked. <laughs> I now don't feel guilty that I'm walking around with it. I mean, bag
0: thank god for Ella's Kitchen. Year,
3: I yeah. Were you were an Ella's Pouch, yes, kind of gal.
1: Yeah, I tried to do the making them myself and everything he wouldn't eat any of them so i was kind of They're really... not smooth enough that's the
0: trouble even the lumpy it's not that
1: lumpy i know but that's, oh, trying, i was back. trying to yeah. be this sort of very efficient perfect mum i'm gonna make my homemade you know blitzed up carrots and everything every time i did he wouldn't eat the bloody thing and then you get an ella's out like, oh delicious yeah
0: we've got to talk about travel Yep. Travel and children. We mentioned iPads. There was a great article last summer about traveling with children and how you basically need to put. All your judgments, all your yep. morals, all your rules into a box and pack them away in the holds, and forget about them until you get off the plane on the other side. Because the only of you got yourself to think about, you've got everyone else on that plane, and you just gotta get yes. through
1: it. Was it the same? I think I might have read this. It's the same one where they basically said if you're gonna have a nice time on holiday, you kind of have to do that for the whole holiday as well. You have to be like not so regimented about your bedtime routine if you want to have a good time oh, I don't you know have it to was, that relax. sounds like a
0: good article as well yeah
1: it's basically if you're going to stick to all these rules nobody's yes. going to have a good time <laughs> so.
0: So I, remember, I remember someone saying they went on holiday and they said, we're going to stay on english time <laughs> while we're on holiday so they were all sort of getting up in the middle of the oh. night just so they kept their children on the routine of the english time because they thought it would be less stressful when they got back yeah. home again. But you're right. You've just got to let it yeah, go. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, we had to go through quite an <laughs> ordeal with the
1: bedtime routine to try and get my son to actually sleep. So we were slaves to this routine for a long time. And very like when we went anywhere, but we've got to start the bedtime routine. We've got to do the bath. We've got to do the story. Can't leave until lunchtime. That's <laughs> when the lunch exactly. is. Exactly. <laughs> we've got to do this. And then we went to Portugal last year for my cousin's wedding. And it was one of those dudes that, you know, he didn't eat till A, this happened. And when we got there, we were like, we just have to be, he's not going to go to bed until whatever time tonight. We're probably going to have to carry him back to the hotel but it would have been rubbish if we'd been like okay we're off now Yeah. At like you're half six a shit time well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. sit in the hotel room in silence whilst <laughs> he try and get him to go to sleep but I think yeah if you're going on holiday it's got to be a holiday
2: for everybody and it's mm-hmm. kind and of... they're usually pretty resilient aren't they they so, can adapt yeah. yeah it's taken me three children to get to that point well there. yeah <laughs> likewise they, they do adapt I was a big, big
0: advocate of a routine and I swear by it personally you know each their own but I went back to work very quickly and kind of gave me the freedom to know I could get some work done at lunch time because yeah. I knew Oh no, I love. Don't get me wrong, I love the routine. And it's it all everyone, caveat. <laughs> but for me, it gave me freedom, yeah. and I will stand by that. But yeah. that said, routine for child number one versus child number three—very, mm. very different. Um, yeah. I'd definitely. I think it's that only
1: tra- <laughs> three years in that I can like diversify from the routine because I know we can go back to the routine. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, 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 you can stay
0: up till ten when we're on holiday when we get home,
1: though. Yeah,
0: yeah. 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 no, 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 no. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Georgina, you've been through it all. Tips of travel with children tips are traveling
3: with early teens oh well if they've got their phone they're happy phone yeah. kindle and i just think food is really important <laughs> yeah. lots of snacks i think when they're little i remember when my daughter was maybe about two and we flew on a flight that was going to be about six hours seven hours we didn't have an ipad then and um I just, I know all the magazines. You know, the the magazines that I never buy that are about £4.50 so and the toy brakes. plastic on yeah. the They break at the airport away. are an absolute lifesaver, I think, before any flight. That's the only time I let my kids get magazines. So do I. And it's also good
2: bribery before then. Mm. I'm always like, well, if you're good, then you can get a magazine You at get, the get a £5 pound magazine, yeah, exactly. it's <laughs> better than mine.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: I mean, they are making good margin on those plastic oh, yeah, toys. Definitely. Aren't they?
3: Yeah, definitely. Freaking hell, it's all about the toys. <laughs> all about the toys. So, yeah, travelling with kids, I just think it's food and a few activities, a few things. And I guess also, as they get older, it's maybe explaining to them a bit that the flight is this long. You'll get meals at this time. I think if they just know a bit of information, mm. actually, even at kind of school age onwards, they just feel a bit more like they know what to do and what's expected of them when. And mm. I think that's yeah, that really helps. good advice in general. A bit and better. also, especially travelling, they quite like things like... Oh, I tell you what. Why don't you go and look out for the suitcases, or why don't we get you can hold the passports in the queue, or you can... oh, oh, and things oh, like that. Oh, oh, not the Are passport? Passport? In the queue, they're right next to you. No, they're not no, going for no. a walk. You'd be amazed what <laughs> could happen. My uh, husband that, managed that, to lose boarding pass, and that was him. Well, Sorry, well never maybe not kid the kid. Uh, well, it depends on the age. Depends on the age. Not on the
0: husband, <laughs> <the> I'm sure. <children>. Yeah. <laughs> my worst traveling experience with my children was coming back from Dubai, which is the longest airport I've ever been to. I mean. Like everything in Dubai, everything's effing massive. And I think it's about a 30 mile walk from one end, oh end of the airport to the other. And we were in a pool cafe at one end of the airport and our gate was at the other. As oh. usual, we were lost. To get to the gate. I mean, stand. I don't know why. I always say, can we just not be rushing? Can it not be a panic? Can't tell you how many times you've seen us <laughs> running through the airport, honestly. I mean, freaking chaos. We have not, lesson. We've nearly missed. I've had to, like, put a baby on the counter and start crying. <laughs> oh, God. Because they're shutting the checkout. out. Uh, I mean, we are so many. So I don't know why we're so in it, <laughs> <laughs> But we left Otto's, finding Nemo Rucksack with his bunny and his iPad in the cafe at the far far oh, end no. and it's basically one long straight line this effort we got to the gate and she goes we're bunny? my bunny oh, no, stop it. It years ago and we turn around and we're like where's the rucksack james is like where's the rucksack i'm not like, i didn't know where's the rucksack he's like Puck. oh my oh god oh my god he took my it off heart because there was did. a plaything over there and we were like oh my, oh my god oh my god oh my god we turn around to all these people at the gate and i was like oh my god my son's bunny he's left at the thing Can we just run? They're like, the gate is closing in two minutes. I mean, to probably... I'm not exaggerating how long the airport is in Dubai. Look it up. It's long. (laughs) And I was like, please, please, please. We can't go on this flight without it. And my husband was like, I'm going to run. So he (gasps) dropped his things and he literally ran and they were not getting it at all. And I was kind of... I was like, God, I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry. I was like, but you know, he's four years old and he can't sleep without it. And he's had it every day of his life since he was a baby. And there's all these people on the same, we don't even get on the plane they're like you've got to get on the plane right now so I'm like start getting the body part and I'm just looking and I'm thinking come on <laughs> come back Jonesy like come back <laughs> and you, all you can see is this long and I just could not see him and then slowly literally slowly 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 I could see this thing moving and I could see him <laughs> running 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 and I could see him running and I was like he hasn't got the rucksack <gasps> he hasn't got the rucksack and he got back and he's like it wasn't there oh my god oh no. what literally we got on the plane and they were like you need to sit down now we we're the last on the plane buggies three children i mean i was then called my assistant and i was like um you need to call lost property please asap otto's bunny is is missing she's like oh my god oh my god i'm just getting on the plane i was like i gotta go i'm getting on the plane like this anyway long story short i mean bear in mind he has learning difficulties and struggles with attention I mean, somehow we made it through the fly, I don't know how, awesome. and it got back. He was actually really quite grown up about it. And anyway, we got it back. No, and it had been picked up by cleaning. Oh. And anyway, they FedExed it back or whatever they did. I don't know if the next day he's like, "Where, Bunny? Where, Bunny?" Oh no! And he was like, darling, Bunny's coming on another plane." Anyway, he came back, rucksack, Kindle, bunny, everything. Well, also, thank you to Dubai oh. Airport. All came back to us. Nice, honestly, <laughs> being on a plane without their... I think you could have their teddy and... Kindle essentials or oh, if you're in the car book tapes yeah good, good book one tape. yeah tape. I put that, yeah, story tapes and okay that not tapes audible
3: old school. children's old school. book tapes <laughs> <I know>. CDs <laughs> the rolled
0: out the rolled out that's a good Christmas yeah, present if anyone's yes. wondering what to give nieces or nephews that is good really one. good I remember driving to France and the children were all asleep in the back of the car and my husband's like, "Can you turn it off, I can't hear I was like, Sorry. <laughs> I think I've had rolled off for about six hours, so you could have a break. He's like, no, we are nearly at the end of James the Giant Peach, or whatever it was. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about competitive parenting. You've written about competitive parenting. Yes. Are you a competitive parent? Do you think you would be? Are you not? I think I am, but more to myself
1: than to anyone else. Like, you hold yourself to such a high standard, that you can never retain this you're like my child will, be, will do this they'll be impeccably dressed you know and you're like no we're all just trying to get out of the house and
0: you've got food down your front and I'm at this point we're like fine we just need to go oh Doesn't my mum <laughs> picked my children up from my in-laws yesterday and she's like mm, yes darling uh, Mimi was a rather strange outfit and she had a <laughs> yeah. half on her head leggings under her skirt <laughs> I was like, I know. I was like, I'm sorry, but a third child. child. <laughs> she wants to dress herself. I don't really care exactly. anymore. Exactly. Whereas with Coco, I was like, God, Peter Pan Collar, it. it's all going to match. Matching bows. <laughs> you know, now I'm just like, whatever. You look like Annie. But and also, um, my son refuses to wear anything
1: other than what he refers to as fluffy trousers, which is jockey trackies. bottoms. Yeah, because he thinks everything else is too stiff. And yeah, mine too. Mine hates jeans. Hinders his hates running, him. climbing, jumping about yeah. kind of activities. So yeah, I think, yeah, it's just hard. And then you have that moment where... You think that someone is the perfect parent and their child always looks immaculate and, you know, they're doing everything right. Their child's learning baby Mandarin or something. But then sometimes there's a little chink and they'll tell you when, you know, oh God, we had this terrible day when, you know, this happened and I lost my temper and I was so impatient. And all of a sudden you're like, I like you more now.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yeah, you have shown a few vulnerabilities. As soon as that
1: happens, then you actually are a bit more like, oh, thank God, we don't have to keep
0: pretending that it's all fine or... You know, I think just... that's it, isn't it? That's the tedious thing of parenting. I think it's that kind of smugness that some people give off that, although nothing's ever what it seen, is it? <laughs> I am determined not to get sucked into competitive parenting. It's hard though, isn't it? It's hard. It's like everything. You always compare yourself to somebody else. I think maybe if my children were a bit more competitive than I would be. So <laughs> I'm a really competitive person. Like, it's in my blood. Like, my family are super competitive. My husband and I are really competitive with each other. Like, when we play backgammon and someone's (laughs) whipping the other, or tennis or whatever, we've somehow bred these children that do not have a competitive bone (laughs) in their body. Yet. Oh, God, sports says she's skipping along at the back, having a chat with her friends. I'm like, it's a race! Will you run? I've now just had to totally give up. She couldn't give a crap. Yeah. And it's quite disappointing. But I've, I've had to basically go, well, there's no point being competitive
3: because my children aren't. But what about being competitive with them? So I taught my daughter to play backgammon over the summer. And once she'd grasped it, I was like, right, I'm in it to win it. <laughs> yeah, on. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not only my... You're game. like my husband. I have to <laughs> remind him that it's his
0: child he's playing connect forward <laughs> and not me. You've got to
3: take the wins in life wherever you can get them from whoever.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so so not with you. other parents, just with your children. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. No, but I do think... You know, when you get your red book... And it says your milestones. Your child will be rolling at this stage, crawling, yeah, crawling at that stage, and they'll be sleeping through by about this (sighs) sort of time. And at this age, they can be that height and that weight and all of this stuff. So very early on, you're set on this course of what you should be doing and and what they should be doing. And I just think. I just don't think that's very helpful. No. Whilst it's useful to have guides on things, it's just presented to people who are probably in quite a vulnerable state of mind actually already yeah. and then go, but my child isn't rolling and my child isn't sleeping through and can't finish that many ounces of milk or whatever it is. So I think it kind of breeds this competitiveness or this comparing quite yes. quickly. Hmm. I think that's quite dangerous actually because but that's when the judgment starts. I guess they need starts. to set the rough. Yeah, but I think milestones. it's just done in a way that makes you doubt maybe your own instincts sometimes mm-hmm. so then you look to compare to other people to see what should be happening and then that can very quickly turn into sort of
0: Although I had a child yourself. that didn't make I had a child who missed every milestone and has so many difficulties and so, so you needed
3: the milestones So to so
2: without the milestones anything. if
3: there'd been no benchmark but I'm not criticizing the milestones per se what I mean is that I think you can start maybe the, maybe judging yourself harsh, harshly. Wider. Yeah. I or think if you maybe think it's like
1: the, you yourself fixate on it. Yeah. And sometimes you're thinking, or if, you know, we had a baby that was born on exactly the same day, and she was the one who slept through the night and got into the routine straight away. And we're still going, what? What? Yeah. We sleep night. And similarly, like, potty trained herself in 24
0: hours. Literally. It was yeah. you know, Oh, that's a lie. <laughs> don't train. believe it. And whilst we were just going... Those people yeah. are always telling... Right. They've quietly been doing it for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then one day the child went on her own and they seem to have, like, forgotten. Well, exactly. Wasn't. But I think you fixate on that yeah. instead of
1: just thinking, my child clearly could not care less whether or not he goes to the toilet in the toilet yeah. in his pants let's just hold off for now yeah. and yeah. you know unless there is
0: something more on that subject hold <laughs> off that's <laughs> what i would say i'm still scarred from my potty training my oh yeah time. i would say oh, wait yeah, wait, yeah wait, I'm wait. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> i went to with my mom from a different generation I said oh i think it's about time i think you know little girls you know, perhaps shouldn't be wearing nappies now, I mean. Oh my god, I spent the entire week, spent the entire week going, Do a wee, Coco. Will you do? I'll give you 10,000 smarties if you do a wee. With everyone in the car going, We've got to go. I and I was like, I can't go, she hasn't done a wee. And then she gets up, pees all over the carpet yeah. like two seconds later. I mean, I still haven't gone over it. Child number two, we missed every milestone, but we left it a whole other year. Like, almost did get in
3: 24 hours We did oh, exactly, yeah. exactly the like, That's Honestly, just don't rush, anything, don't rush it. I would say. Yeah, We had the whole bedwetting thing, and I remember just like, just when it was kind of time to be going on sleepovers and all of that, and be no, like, no. Well, well, I'm not sure she's quite ready yet. And it went on and on and on and on. And what did it for you? A bed mat alarm. So I went to the GP alarm. And it was a really clever one where you could record anything. So we recorded her voice. Your voice? Her voice. She recorded her own voice. Wake up, you're doing a wee. (laughs) And she ran within. I think it was three nights done really well, I've never heard of that oh it's really good yeah. bed wetting is something that's not really talked about enough I think and it follows on very much from potty training that you then start obviously it's night so training great. people become I think really secretive about it yeah they feel really mm-hmm. it a real shame yeah and I know a few people this has been really difficult for. but the more you talk to people about it the more people do come forward and everyone's like oh I've had this problem we've had this problem in our house and it's quite tough on everyone at times if you're staying away from home and things like that but there is a great charity called eric and they even have a phone line where you can just call in and speak to somebody because it really can wear everybody down a bit so and what as a charity what does it do so they advise you so they've got great blogs and tips on their website they've also oh. got product and they have a helpline and they have charts and you
2: know all of those things but their helpline was really helpful for me with the withholding as well oh really mm. eric e-r-i-c yeah
0: interesting i agree though it's funny how these sort of potty training people are really open about bed wetting mm. it's quite different isn't it
1: yeah well and then the child themselves are embarrassed as well like I say if they start going to sleepovers and things exactly. and then yeah then
2: they sleep. tell you what there's something called i think it's it an umbrella sheet or a brolly sheet that somebody recommended to me and it's just the best thing so it's like an extra piece of it's like half a sheet that you put over your mattress you also have the waterproof sheet and your normal sheet and then you just put that over but if they do wet the bed You just whip that bit off and then the rest of the bed is, they can still get back into. So you're not changing sheets in the middle of the night, basically.
3: Yeah. Does that make sense? That's
2: clever. You buy several of those. Well, I have one for each child. And it's just what, tucked in? uh... So you just tuck it over. It's like a strip that you tuck it over and under, but it's like sheet on top and waterproof underneath. And then if they wet the bed in the night, you just whip that bit off and then the bed's still good to go.
3: Mm. So you're not changing sheets, which me is too. the worst in the middle of the night. And it's also yeah. that stage where you've just got used to all of you sleeping through the night again. Yeah. And suddenly that's
0: gone again. And it's yeah. like, no, no. Or you just do what I did last week, which was forget to put a nappy on my two-year-old. That's
2: me last night. Well, oh. my three-year-old forgot. I woke up in the middle of the night to her screaming. I was like, what's the matter? I'm wet. Oh, my God, I did too. <laughs> Mimi, Mimi, who barely needs a nappy at
0: night now, I'd failed. She was dry, most nice. Oh. And then I go in to give her a kiss goodnight before I go to, go to bed. And she's like in a sea of piss. That's so and funny that's...
2: that I did exactly the same. Oh, I was so yeah, myself. I'm so stupid.
0: So rubbing myself <laughs> of half an hour in bed as I've yeah. p- yeah. mucked around with washing machines. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move from talking about the children yeah. to talking about the parents a bit more. Yes. Let's talk about baby-proofing your relationship. I actually went to a workshop last week and it was quite sort of searching. I had to, everyone had to ask themselves questions and then sort of reveals the group. The answers to the questions, which with people you don't know is quite intimidating. But one of the questions was, what are you most proud of? And lots of people said their children, which we're obviously all very proud of our children. Mm-hmm. Why is that? No? And so I said that it was my relationship with my husband and that through children on, I still made time for him. We made time for each other. And that was a real priority in our house. And that's something that I think we really both focused on from the minute they were born, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah, I think for me, where it came from was an article I read with Davina McCall, who is now divorced, so it's fact. not so. <laughs> I was going <gonna laughs> to say, not so relevant, <laughs> but she did years ago. I've quoted this article. She said her priority was her relationship with her husband, and that her children were just passing through, and one day they would leave home, and it would just be her and him. So. Sounds really sweet, and you'd go, oh, if you didn't know they were divorced. Yeah, however, I think it always stuck with me, and so when I had children, I was really determined to nurture my relationship with my husband.
1: Yeah, I think you have to do that. I think it's really important. Yeah, I think it's really important Um, because you you two existed before the child did, and hopefully, you two as a couple will exist for a long time when they're grown up and when they've you know fled the nest and all that. Yeah. So I think definitely... Is it
0: something that you have consciously focused on or you try tried to
1: make time to. for each other? Or- I mean, I think it's one of those things in the first... I mean, I only have one child, so people who've got more than one child, obviously this goes each time. But I think when you first have the baby, everything explodes and you can't be like, oh, we must have a date. night." Oh, I'm now <laughs> not saying date night on day three, yeah. but you know. Yeah. I think that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself to be like this, uh, you know, sexual being like one yeah, week in yeah. when you're oh just... No. Oh <laughs> no. But I think as time goes on, yeah, you definitely have to try and find your way back to like time as a couple and time you know hopefully if you can get babysitters and stuff without your child and just be kind to each other because I think Mm -hmm. it's very easy when you're when things are hard when your child's not sleeping for whatever reason or your child's unhappy and Works difficult and everything's going on in your life. It's easy to lash out at the person you kind of love the most in your relationship because they're there all the time. And it
2: also, I sometimes think it becomes a bit competitive, doesn't it? Yeah, like I'm doing more sleep? than you, or who's, you're, yeah, yeah, you're doing. Well, I'm working harder than you, or I'm, yeah, yeah I slept more. You had that then... weekend away with your friends, and exactly. I never get to go yes. anywhere. You know, I always say, of... "Well, I wasn't filing my nails." <laughs> like, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I think it's
1: easy to lash out. You know, date nights and everything are really lovely, but at the same time, it's just kind of being kind to each other a lot yeah. of the time and kind of thinking, "No." They had a stressful day too, or no, he was sick on his face two days ago, so he's probably going to have a vomiting virus very soon. So yeah. maybe they need looking after too. So, no, I think it's definitely you need to try and baby proof your relationship is I don't really
0: it's just about date nights, so though, like this no, is no. not what I'm saying. This mm. is about a cuddle on the sofa and yeah, yeah Netflix, or even or just a cuddle in the a, morning, just or a, talking, a conversation, no. yeah, yeah. So so sometimes. Sometimes. having supper and together conversation with each that's, other. That's and not, bit we protect, we've tried to ring fence.
1: Although, my son is going through a phase where he's refusing to go to bed, so it's making it very hard and we're back in a zone where one of us eats our dinner and then the other one goes in and we tag team but we our thing has always been once my son's in bed we have our dinner together and we sit down and that's when we talk about Mm. our day and we don't look at our phones and we don't look at the telly and we don't you know we are just at the dinner table together yeah, Yeah, that's when we catch up and
0: it is all those things that like oh funny thing happened today or you know this is annoy me, or but it can just be. I mean, my husband's better at it than I am, but you know, it can just be a text message or a call, yeah. or a, that isn't about have you ordered?
2: Yes, did you yeah. order the in
0: bags? Or yeah. I forgot, forgot to whatever. Just something that's like, God, I'm still thinking of you, and you're still, yeah, you and we're still us, and so yeah. easy just to let the days go by and the evenings go by and not think, to make
3: a connection, and also making that connection, which is not related to your children, is really important. Mm-hmm. So. I know it's not just about date nights, but if we do manage to get out for dinner, just the two of us, then a lot of the time we've said, well, okay, for the first 10 minutes, we're going to quickly run through anything to do with the kids, the house, family, admin, whatever it is. And then we're not going to talk about any of that stuff anymore. We're going to talk about other things like the rest of the world and things that are going on. And not just keep talking about the kids, which I think is really easy to do. So I think even that, it Mm. doesn't have to be big romantic gestures. It's just about keeping that connection going. No, 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 no. Sometimes
2: the unexpected, smaller gestures that kind of mean more. Yeah. Basically, I always think if I make my husband laugh. Yeah. Because we always, you know...
1: Laugh together, which hopefully most people do with their partner, but it's that thing where I still get a kick out of making him laugh. Yeah. And so that always makes me think, oh, yeah. we're in a good place because we, yeah. we're sharing jokes. Yeah, we're, you're you
2: know, laughing yeah. Sorry, I, yeah.
0: I got into day and I couldn't stop laughing about something. We were both lying, but it was really late night. We were supposed to be having the early night. We were lying there laughing, and then I couldn't stop though. I couldn't <laughs> stop. I, I kept thinking of the same he then started to get quite cross he was like now stop it and I was like oh now you're being so grumpy can't we anyway I agree it's good so any tips for people listening on childproofing your relationship what would
2: you say talk yeah don't always be really grumpy like mm. I am sometimes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Go for a
2: walk. Yeah, have your own time. Have a bath. Go for a walk. Yeah. Go for a walk. Uh, oh, have a bath. No, not together. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't resist. Actually,
0: the best hotel I ever went to had twin tubs next to each other with a TV at the end. That's <laughs> nice. That was that's really nice. nice. Oh my god. Barney sharing that. my bath though. Barney no. has in the Cotswolds. Oh yeah. Twin tubs with a TV. I mean, that was. Brilliant. Yeah. that's You're nice. gonna do that in your new house. <laughs> Yeah, wouldn't
3: it? But also part of the childproofing of your relationship, I think if you're looking after yourself, because I think it's when you feel tired, grumpy, run down, like you're doing everything, that's when it can be tough because you will take it out on your partner. But actually, I think if you just look after yourself and stay kind of Also, I think sometimes
2: (laughs) it's good to say, are you okay?" Because I feel like quite often it's me the one that's kind of complaining that I'm the most tired and the busiest and sometimes... They're equally really busy, but yeah. I never ask if they're okay, which is perhaps my downfall. Maybe I don't think you People are kinder one. than me. <laughs> they're not very good at saying they're not
0: okay, yeah. but maybe that's where a walk comes in. Yes. It's nearly the end of the school term. You're not in the school term time system yet? Not, not yet. We're still in the sweet spot where we can go on holiday whenever we like. Well, enjoy it. <laughs> because, my God, they go by so blimmin' quickly. I mean, it's literally just been half term and I felt a bit anxious this morning. Like, suddenly the C word is really looming. Mm. Someone mentioned Christmas shopping today, and I was like, oh, God, don't even go there. But when do you start thinking about the C word? In terms of
1: logistics, relatively early on, because we have London family, we have Derbyshire family, so it's kind of that which parent we're going to see, where we're going to be, who's going to be with us. So that, presence-wise try and hold that off as long as possible to be honest because <laughs> no point in starting too early anyway because this week he's into paw patrol next week he's going to be into something else and you're like well we need to wait until he actually has decided on the present that he actually wants before we buy it and then we're like nope, doesn't like that anymore no more pepper pick no more pepper Pig. so um, i have bought one
0: present so far one yes okay and it's actually for my husband so mm-hmm. well well done you
3: that's one more than me <laughs> georgina well, I my... know for you it doesn't start until after your son's birthday. No, 23rd of November onwards, I will turn my attention to Christmas. Okay. But yeah, I get the phone calls from the relatives going, so what do they want for Christmas? Mm. And I just find that the most one of the most stressful focus of the year. <laughs> so I'm like, I have no idea. And I'm probably going to think about it around the 15th of December, what everyone's going to have. Are I yours mean. not old enough when you could say, could you ask them yourself? Uh, yeah, I mean, they are, but do then i will just come up with something a bit ridiculous. Yeah. So I need to just be a little bit involved still or check that they don't say the same thing to everybody. Yes. <laughs> get five get the same thing. Yes. 13 sets of walkie-talkies. Yeah. Right, Laurel, what about you?
2: I mean, I have started thinking about it. I'm from quite a big family, so I feel like I have to kind of spread the cost a bit. Otherwise, it's December is a very expensive month. So yes, I've done a couple of bits. I mean, I've by no means done lots and lots, but I have done a couple of bits for the children. Something for Ed, yeah. Good for you.
0: Oh, well done. Oh. No,
2: I suddenly feel like, you know... Dari's getting busy. Yes. So you're going to get more There's also a wonderful Christmas gift guide going live.
3: Dari! <laughs> <laughs> will help you with
2: all your problems. It always does. It always
0: does. <laughs> Parenting gets quite a tough rap. How do you feel about that? Any words of wisdom? People always say to me that they listen to our podcast when they were feeding their children through the night. See, nice People always come up to me and go, oh, your podcast when I was awake in the middle of the night, feeding a child, kept me human. If anyone's listening to this at three in the morning, thinking... This is not what I was promised. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say, Alan? It's like
1: everything. It's all about balance, isn't it? But I think people talking about how hard parenting is, it has been a good thing for a lot of people because obviously in you know all seriousness, when people are finding it really difficult and they think that everyone else is coping and they're not coping, mm. having people talking or even joking about the hard bits and the tricky bits and the bits that aren't going the way they think they're going actually is really yeah. helpful to them I mean, like everything in life mm, the problem yeah. and, I mean you don't want to be one of those people who is always just sort of slagging off their kid for laughs I mean that's the other thing because then on the flip side there's people who are desperately trying to have children and they don't want to hear yeah. about how shit you're finding it mm. today because they'd yeah. love to be in that situation
0: Yeah.
1: but I mean it's like everything you have a terrible day you have a terrible day and you're feeling terrible and you think oh god I was so impatient and then your kid says
0: something hilarious to you and everything changes. Yeah, you say (laughs) say that. I'm sitting here with a book next to me called How to Stop Losing Your Shit with Your Kids. which I need that. I know, know, well, so do I, which is why I called it in. I think it lands on my desk and I thought, well, I'll keep that one. And it says Effective Strategies for Stressed out Parents. Anyway... I haven't read it yet, but I opened it out on a page just a couple of weeks ago, and the page said, "Put down your damn phone." Yeah. And weirdly, it's kind of stuck with me. In the last couple of weeks, I've been with the children, and I'm quite bad because I get so many emails from work. A day, I get quite inbox anxious if there's too many building up that I don't get back to. And I've actually learnt. Don't know why this book's had a bit of an effect on <laughs> me. I'm getting home now after school. I've done the school run and I'm doing a bit of homework before I start work again. I'm now like just putting down my phone and I didn't touch my phone for three hours of the day. I was like, that has <laughs>
3: never happened before. And I was really proud of myself, actually. And did you feel when you were with your kids, did you feel like more present and Yeah, I did. Sometimes
0: they say to me, they're like, oh, always on your phone, you're always on your phone. And I'm like, do you know how many things I'm juggling at the moment? Someone says and said to me once, you shouldn't put that on your children. But equally, I need my children to know that I've got I quite a lot on my plate. Yeah, there. I think it's all right to say that. Yeah, do you? I do yeah. someone said once, don't ever make them feel guilty about your sort of lack of time.
3: Right, okay. I wouldn't call it making them feel guilty. I would just say you're explaining, you know, there's an email I need truth, to yeah. reply hmm. to. I tried that the other day. One of them had
0: um, something they were doing at school. And I'm pretty good. Like, I do school run twice a week. I do a pick-up, but I don't take them in any mornings now. And I'm just like, if there's anything going on at school, I always make sure I'm there. Like, mm-hmm. whether it's a church play or cross country or whatever it is I'm there but actually the school runs I don't need to be doing that but I will always go to the thing because I can and the other day I said to my eldest I was like I can't come and she got really upset and I was like I just need you to understand that I have got a lot on with the hat with living in a building site a lot on at the moment and I can't come to everything and I was like have I ever missed anything and she just didn't get it Anyway, I then felt so guilty. I rearranged my meeting and I went, but it was this one thing I couldn't really move from work. Anyway, I did move it and I did go because I felt so bad. But I was like, I'm trying to reason with an eight year old who doesn't really understand.
2: Mm. Yeah, so and I guess the older not... they get, well, the more they're aware that they yeah. want you to be there. My children do you say to me,
0: Are you always on your phone? Anyway, so I saw that and I was like, You are right, book. And I <laughs> put it on my phone. It does feel quite good. I think, yeah, we've all noticed the effects. Uh, Georgina, what about you? You're at a whole different stage. I don't know if it's an easier stage. I'm Somewhere in the middle harder. of you and Helen. I see
3: women walking down the street with a newborn baby in the pram, and I'm like... Oh. That just seems like the easy bit to me, in a way. But you don't realise it at the time, but maybe that's like every phase. When you look back on it, it never seems yeah. as bad as it felt at that moment. So... I think, I'm really with you actually, Helena, I think the more people talk about that it can be tough, the better because I think a lot of people are their own worst enemy and or they struggle with how they feel and it right can bring up a lot of feelings that people don't necessarily expect to have when they become a parent, sometimes even to do with perhaps their own upbringing and their own relationships with their parents. It's an incredibly complicated experience and it's unique to everyone so mm. i think just, you just look after yourself be really kind to yourself and just enjoy the good days and mm. don't beat yourself up on, on on the bad days talking and realizing
0: that everyone's got their own battles everyone's struggling with things however perfect of yeah. they might look yeah. things are not what That's they seem not, yeah everyone is struggling with something i always think and i think if you remember that plus you need your like comforting you need your whatsapp mum
1: friends who you can basically say
0: anything to and they won't judge you.
1: If you're just feeling terrible in the moment, you can say it and it goes no further.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. Friday you your old Friday date
2: some wine, I think that's always my favourite. Yeah, I
3: agree.
0: <laughs> Friday tea and and t Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. I think that's all we've got time for. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. Thank you for having me. Helen, and if you're in the market for new read, then go get yourself a copy of The School Run. That's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends. Bye-bye.